Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So we're going to start off with the announcements regarding the environmental holidays for May. And so for mid-May, on the May 18th mark, there are uh, several different uh, holidays, environmental ones. So the first is Plant Conservation Day. So for all those who love plants, who love planting, love gardening, uh, this is uh, your time to celebrate And then next, number two, is International Museum Day. That is also celebrated on May 18th. Next, third, is World Bee Day, which is on May 20th. Number four is Endangered Species Day, which is on May the 21st. And it's usually the third Friday in May being celebrated. And then last but not least, number five, which is Bike to Work Day. And that is on the third Friday in May as well. Headlines from the Hemispheres is one of my favorite points in Greener Thoughts, the program. So uh, we're going to just get started with one of the headlines. And of course, all this news comes from all across the globe. And unfortunately, the first story is about sea level rise. So sea level could rise by more than one meter by 2100 if emission targets are not met. And that was picked up from ScienceDaily.com in the Science News section. And it comes from Singapore. So in the university, the Nanyang Technological University in Singapore. And there was a study that featured all types of international uh, experts from all over the world, about 100 or so or more. And they studied the projections that they were doing for the global mean averaging of sea level changes. So they wanted to um, study them under two different scenarios of climate uh, changes and their their low uh, emissions and then under high emissions. So they surveyed all the leaders from all types of different fields of study uh, just to have a broader uh, range of perspectives and projections uh, just for the ranges of the future of sea level rise. So about 106 experts were part of the study in the the survey. And so they uh, were picked amongst... um, you know, publications because they were the most active. So these are experts who were picked for the survey because they were most active in publishing scientific level uh, studies, dealing with uh, climate change, dealing with sea level rise, 
and would have had to at least published about six um, published papers that are peer-reviewed uh, in journals since 2014. So these are how they were selected. And the experts collaborated and came from universities all over in the UK, Ireland, Germany, and also in the United States. So the research, for those who are interested uh, about it, um, it is entitled Estimating Global Mean Sea Level Rise and Its Uncertainties, Uncertainties uh, by 2100 and 2300 from an expert survey and it's published in the uh, Nature Partner Journals, uh, Climate and Atmospheric Science, and this was done in early May. Uh, next, the second headline is about uh, transit, specifically around uh, bikes and e-scooters. So researchers studied transit, bike, and e-scooter share during pandemic in Portland, Nashville. So this was from uh, phys.org, phys as in physics or physical, and this was out of the U.S. So it was done mainly in Portland, uh, Oregon, and also in Nashville, Tennessee. So this is sort of a collaborative effort as well with researchers from those different universities in University of Tennessee at Knoxville and also at Portland State uh, University. And they collaborated to study and look at the impacts of people's traveling decisions and on transit. So those who were sharing bikes, e-scooters, those types of uh, means of transportation. And this was done through um, support from the National Science Foundation and their Rapid Award. So what did the research uh, aim to accomplish? Well, one of the things is that the researchers wanted to answer whether the widespread adoption of these different newer types of transportation, like bike sharing, like e-scooters and other types, uh, offered uh, workers a way to sort of get around um, being in the close confines of other passengers like traditional transit does, like trains, like buses, um, and whether people would even choose uh, bikes those, or bikes or e-scooters and things like that in the first place above uh, traditional types of transit. So largely the answer to this question lies in the different cities that they observed as part of the research. So as we all know, no two cities in, in the U.S. are the same, the same, especially big cities. So big cities like New York City and Chicago, they have a different uh, bike share usage rates, um, about 65% higher than previous uh, years uh, versus a place like Seattle or San Francisco, which have had their numbers of bike share use in particular plummet and taken those dive. Uh, third and lastly is the headline also um, about the uh, coronavirus and uh, it's about clean energy jobs. So coronavirus has erased 600,000 clean energy jobs in two months and that's just a start. And that was on grist.org. That uh, story was also part of a U.S. piece. And unfortunately, yes, the U.S. economy, even as a whole, has lost so many jobs and 600,000 uh, to be exact um, uh, in the months of March and in April, uh, setting, of course, our country back a bit, especially when it comes to green jobs and green employment, all dealing with the environment. 
So this is uh, rather difficult, especially for those who are in jobs like energy efficiency, um, those who are in the renewable energy sector, uh, electric vehicles, uh, they've taken a hit um, and they've reported tons of losses in March, according to an analysis of Department of Labor data by BW Research. And just as a whole, the U.S. unemployment rate has jumped to almost 15%, so it's almost 20%, the worst since the Great Depression. You probably heard that uh, thrown around a bit. And the Labor Department actually has reported in mid-May that claims for unemployment benefits reached $36.5 million. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes, future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all of the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support is by clicking the second lower link in the description section of this episode. It's the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. Grist.org is where the news piece uh, mainly comes from and some good information there. I love Grist.org. It's really refreshing. Uh, Definitely a spectrum of views and ideas and different topics around uh, environmental topics. And so this one is pretty nifty um, for those who have had a gas-powered appliance, namely a stove. Then you know the pain that can sometimes be uh, associated with that stove. Uh, Anyone who knows it knows that it can be a lot and um, it can definitely be a bit smelly at times. You know, you have to make sure that the gas is powered off and, you know, you're not forgetting that uh, if you, you know, leave it on, you don't want to cause an explosion uh, if it's left on. And also the smell of gas uh, when it's lit and the fumes there, not fun stuff. There are definitely other better alternatives. So, you know, this story brings me back to, to the nostalgia in my early childhood days and a bit of my uh, teen years a little bit. And I'm glad to, you know, share some good information. We can talk about some uh, safer things to sort of get away from the gas-powered uh, stoves and appliances that we, you know, know and, you know, have had, um, you know, use of. And so we're going to dive into it and just talk about the uh, stoves. I'm going to stop the toxic stove talk Um, and get to the uh, point of it and the nitty-gritty of it. So this is um, out of what California is going through in their laws and a research that was done primarily from those households. So the research was commissioned from the Sierra Club, so shout-outs to them. As you all know, I am a Sierra Club member and volunteer, and so they decided to, you know, talk about this issue and and get some uh, research uh, about it, um, namely from, um, you know, talking about air pollution. So they were looking at how recent studies were linking uh, air pollution and those rates being higher because of uh, the coronavirus. So that is linking, you know, those things 
uh, together. And, you know, inhaling the nitrogen oxide um, of gas-powered stoves and other appliances is dangerous. And so there are real effects for those who are who are kids or have kids um, and the elderly. They're the most susceptible populations anyway, um, but they're most hardest hit. So uh, those who have residential gas appliances, they're emitting 16,000 tons of nitrogen oxides uh, to outdoor air each year. And the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health uh, conducted a study and found that after just one hour of using a gas-fired stove or even oven, the levels of nitrogen uh, dioxide were really high and were still present. So uh, one group of, it's one group of gases um, that contributes to um, smog formation and is harmful to human health. We know this, and specifically, they noted it inside Californian homes um, that the nitrous, um, nitrogen dioxide, it reached uh, extremely unsafe levels at both the, the state and national air quality standards. So just having that oven on, um, and after an hour of it being used, it still leaves horrible levels, uh, toxic levels of nitrogen dioxide in uh, your homes. So what does this mean? This means that sadly, that your indoor air quality is being compromised. It is not safe because of gas powered appliances, furnaces, stoves, hot water heaters even. Um, these increase the likelihoods of dangerous uh, things to your health. Um, things like respiratory diseases, cardiovascular disease, premature death, according to what the researchers found um, a, a part of the study. So what else does the research find? Well, the research found that uh, with the researchers they looked at uh, with cooking food, for example, cooking food uh, after just one hour in a small household like uh, maybe an apartment or condo or something of that sort, more than 90% of smaller residences had peak levels of nitrogen oxides that, of course, exceeded the national air quality standards that are here in the U.S. And so those who, you know, are at, even in cramped quarters or have really small maybe dorms or anything of that sort, uh, smaller homes, maybe they're just one level, uh, they're really feeling the brunt um, of the, the diminished air quality there. It's much more concentrated um, because of the air pollution uh, with the nitrogen oxides. So what type of solution is there? There has to be something that can be done, um, at least, um, you know, just uh, having one thing to be done um, is better than anything. So one of the things the study pointed out was that to decrease indoor air pollution, uh, they proposed they propose that uh, households they transition to zero emission electric appliances, which is great. You know, who doesn't love electric because um, it's easier, really convenient. Um, you just have an electric bill instead of a, a partly gas bill. So um, they advise that for those who live in, in residential housing, um, and have appliances that happen to be gas-powered in California that they be replaced with clean energy alternatives and this would uh, greatly um, improve things for uh, those who live uh, in their homes because uh, they would uh, they would have 
been 350 fewer deaths, 600 uh, fewer cases of acute bronchitis, and 300 fewer cases of chronic uh, bronchitis every single year. I want to leave you all with a notable quotable uh, from one of those involved um, as part of the research. So, quote, state agencies have a central role to play in helping people replace polluting gas appliances with clean, pollution-free electric alternatives like heat pumps and induction stoves, end quote. And that was from Rachel Golden, Deputy Director of the Sierra Club's Building Electrification Program. Oh boy, this podcast episode, the topic itself, it brought back memories upon memories <laughs> of gas-powered stoves and just having to, you know, wait to have it be heated and it being just some old type of technology. Like I've gone through coiled stoves even when I was at school. Um and that being a mess, because you have to worry about keeping those clean and unhooking the coiled irons and it being a hassle at times. Um, and it being, you know, rusted because you're cleaning it, you know, constantly and it, you know, just being a drag. But of course, you got to use it because that's what you have in your dorm. And then with the gas powered stove, you know, just having it click and then smelling the gas and it's burning, you know, throughout um, you know, the time you're cooking and then you got to remember to turn it off, you know, not have any flames around, um, you know, when you're lighting it or after you're lighting it. And if you, you know, leave it on, then you are definitely, uh, setting yourself, uh, to get hurt or seriously injured or killed. Um, cause there are expo- explosions that happen all the time, um, you know, to people who aren't careful and now, you know, having graduated essentially to the electric range, um, you know, the stovetop, it's, it's, it's better. It is so much more quicker just to heat food and to cook and to just have it on the stove. And it's electric. It's, it's you know, just like the song, it's electric. It's electric powered. And that's all you got to worry about. Um, and it's, it's convenient and... Um, you know, it's, it's not outdated to the point where you have to replace it, you know, all the time. As long as you, uh, keep it clean, don't break the ceramic glass, uh, that's, you know, now, um, most electric range stovetops in the U.S., um, they're either ceramic or maybe metal or some other type of material that's really, really durable. Um, you know, and, and there's, you know, the black, um, ones that you can have or the ones that have stoves with them. Um, so it's very uh, versatile. I love it. And I, I remember just, you know, days and just cooking and just being thankful that, you know, I don't have to worry about coiled um, means of heating up food and with the stovetop there. Um, but, you know, gas powered appliances, I think, represent the old or the outdated, and also they represent, um, I think, not having the ability to upgrade, but that's not that's not always a fault of whoever has the stove. Like, sometimes you just have it, and it's just a part of where you live, or, like, everyone has one, so you don't know anything different. 
and you know an electric stove is a little bit of the future and it shows a little bit of wealth sometimes but you gotta worry about you know maintenance if something breaks too and you know not everyone can afford that um you know and it, it took you know years to essentially graduate to the electric range the ceramic glass um you know but that was achieved and there are plenty of people probably millions of people who don't have that and who who have the coiled stove or who have the a gas powered stove or maybe a wood burning stove anything any other alternative and there are some people who don't even use stoves to cook their food um there's so many people who are different that's why I never try to blanket um you know the listeners out there or anything like that because there are people probably listening like in Brazil or in the Amazon rainforest or in the Philippines or every other place who don't have modern technologies to um you know to grapple with so I try to uh, you know, think about them when I'm talking from a perspective of who has what and what means and and how they got that and how everyone is not the same, um, you know, economically and in every other um, such way. So um, I wish that for the most part, electric stoves were more affordable or there were re- rebates and programs for people so that they could um, afford them and they could be more energy efficient and eco-friendly um, and appeal to them. Because if someone isn't um, aware of the benefits of something, they're not going to be invested in trying to look for it unless they know, unless they know what resource to, resources to look for. So, um, you know, there are, um, you know, things that we learn about the um, gas-powered stoves and, you know, no one wants steak and potatoes cooking it with a side of air pollution and early death. That's not what they want. No one should have to, um, you know, think about uh, air pollution and them dying from it, indoor air pollution effects and having lung problems and bronchitis, amongst other things, when they're cooking their food. But that's the state of the U.S. that we live in today and probably other parts of the world. It's a bit different because their standards of of quality air and having quality air are different. Um, in the U.S., it's it's there are standards, sure, but um, if we could do away with the bad technology, I think we would have a long time ago. So I want to talk about the impl- impl- implications for um, people of color and the coronavirus. So we know that the study, it's really vital because it kind of highlights the environmental justice piece um, dealing with, um, you know, maybe low-income people and people of color that's not interchangeable, that's not uh, mutually exclusive to just them, those both. So just because someone's low-income does not mean that they are a person of color and vice versa. I always want to address that because, you know, whenever someone brings up low income, they automatically think, oh, either they're a person of color, which sometimes is the case most often, but not always, um, because poverty knows no color, knows no shade. Um, So low income households just generally, they don't have the space um, to accommodate, um, you know, having um, the ability to just, just, just have... Um, the the best quality of air when it comes to sacrificing uh, space, like they need they need air in and out. When you're living in an income uh, low income place, 
they have to adjust um, and they have to worry about like maintenance and, you know, the upkeep and having someone come in and uh, fix their appliances sometimes. If you're living like, for example, in an apartment or something of that sort or where you have a landlord, like you're going to have to have someone come in and do some repairs and, and work it out. And I think sometimes they get the short end of the stick of the stick. I was um, watching a, a series of videos, I think one or two videos about a, a housing complex, um, apartment housing complex um, in DC and how it was like rampant with all types of violations, you know, um, just heaters that were broken, wires everywhere, leaks happening, um, air pollution was a non-factor, like they were just beyond that. And this kind of made me think of that because of people who can't necessarily get out um, and, and be free of that. They have to worry about, um, you know, on top of everything else, you know, being safe of where they live or, you know, bills or what have you. They have to worry about air pollution indoors and, you know, them scraping up the money to fix uh, the, the, the repairs or get better appliances. Um, so those who are in low-income neighborhoods, they have... Um, one of the most, I think, highest uh, risks for having poor, um, low-quality um, air pollution uh, to deal with. And, you know, those things need to change. You know, everyone deserves clean air. Everyone should have, you know, needs to have, um, you know, the air to breathe. We don't, we can't, there's no other alternative. Um, it's not that like we can just hop on another planet and just go there and, and muck up that one. You know, I, I'm totally against, um, you know, space travel when it comes to um, colonizing other planets. That's just a recipe for disaster. Um, but we have to make, first of all, these prices of stoves attainable. You know, $500 to $2,000. Not everyone can go online to Sears or in-store and buy it um, and just have it, you know, whipped up. So I agree with the study and the researchers that state agencies definitely should... Uh, make it uh, viable for people who want to apply and get rebates or go half and half or some kind of discounts on these um, electric appliances so that they're better equipped to fight air pollution. And, you know, they're more um, efficient and they um, these appliances will go above and beyond energy standards anyway. So why not craft programs for poor or even middle income folks who are trying to um, you know, make ends meet as well. You know, suburban folks struggle to, rural folks struggle to, um, poor working class uh, folks, uh, folks uh, struggle too. So um, we have to ha make this all attainable for all um, here in the U.S. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we all review in the next few minutes proactive things we can do to, of course, combat the issue in the episode and protect Mother Earth. So this is uh, great because there are a few different things we can all do, really easy, easy stuff. Um, and a lot of these tips are from uh, interesting or interest in uh, engineering.com. And so we're going to talk about some amazing ways, simple ways, to improve your air quality or get better appliances, which happen to be either stove appliances, etc. Um, just simple ways to uh, find how to get better air, cleaner air. Uh, one of the first tips is to have a, ventilish, a, 
a ventilation hood or a fan, which you'll have them either on the cooking um, stove or like slightly above it. Sometimes you'll see it in like apartment spaces or smaller uh, spaces. Um, and for those who have allergies, um, I suggest those and, you know, not opening doors and windows because you don't want dander or pollen, other uh, types of um, allergens from the outside coming indoors. You know, cooking can definitely leave your place smelly and have odors and pollutants everywhere, um, particulate matter, etc. And so a ventilation uh, hood is vital because it removes those pollutants and vents them away um, soon after they are released, which is really, really good. And then on the fans, uh, which you, you'll see like on stove sometimes, um, and you just can adjust it. Um, so they work great as well and they have different uh, speeds um, that you can uh, turn them to. Number two are beeswax candles. And so I love beeswax. Um, it's a really great site I know that's kind of like retro and um, I should have put the link. I'll probably try and find the link and see if I can put it in the um, uh, if I can put in the show notes description of the uh, episode. And uh, beeswax candles are neat because with pollen, dust, dirt, pollutants, all those types of things in the air, they carry a positive charge. So when you light a beeswax candle and it's burning, it has negative ions in it and they're released into the air and they cause the positively charged particles to be sucked uh, into the can- uh, the candles or just to fall away. And so beeswax candles are amazing because they are, of course, 100% natural. They don't have any contaminants in them, so you can smell uh, good uh, in your home and it can create some wonderful atmospheric ambience. Uh, really great stuff. Uh, number three is to use plant power. Now for all those who really do truly have a green thumb or just love plants, love gardening, then you will definitely love this tip because there are plenty of different plants that will purify the air or clean it and make it a bit more um, healthy. So there's a bamboo palm, English ivy, um, gerbera, gerbera, a daisy, and there's Janet, Craig, um, Dracena, and there's also Red Edge Dracena and Mass Cane or Corn Plant, as otherwise known, and then uh, Warnecke uh, Dracena. These are all the different plants uh, that you can buy, seven different plants, just to purify the air and get it a bit clean. Number four is to make and or buy eco-friendly cleaning products. Now, I love uh, making them and buying them, and I've, I've used several different types. I've used Giant's line of freeform uh, products. I've used seventh generation, um, you know, those types of products, method cleaning products, you know, they're um, toilet cleaner and uh, with the wood cleaner, seventh generation, I've used their uh, dish soaps as well in their uh, cleaners as well. I love them. And so for those who love making them, you know, vinegar and water and a little bit of lemon is fine too. Having some baking soda in there is an all-purpose cleaner. But the method for cra- crafting a, an all-purpose cleaner 
is mixing a fourth a cup of baking soda and about a half cup of vinegar into two liters of water. So that's a lot of water. Uh, so you'll get a lot of use out of this. And those are all the things that you need. So you can mix it on your windows and mirrors, shower glass, etc. And it'll get all the grime and dirt and muck off of them. Also, a really neat recipe is for a stain uh, remover for your carpet. I've always wanted to try one of these um, as far as like a recipe in case anything ever like spills and it's just on hand really really nifty um, so just to remove the stain you'll just need baking soda white vinegar and water however much you want is up to you but you'll just need a 50 50 solution of the white vinegar in the baking soda and you'll put it in a spray bottle and then you'll cover the stain uh, with the baking soda and then uh, thoroughly just spray uh, the stain and then you're going to let it sit for some time a few hours and then you're going to want to scrub it with a nylon brush and then it should be good as new and number five is to keep your AC and your clothes and sheets clean and clear so this means um, just either um, cleaning off your filters for your AC or replacing them as needed and washing and um, having your clothes and, and your sheets washing those weekly or even uh, more often than that so you know with dust mites they are horrible and they linger you know on your bedding and cushions and curtains and all types of stuff so you'll want to of course wash if you're allergic uh, with a low uh, allergenic washing soap or another soap that you prefer and again with the clothes do those weekly or a little bit sooner and then with your AC um, replace the filter on a schedule or per the manufacturer's instructions of how to clean the filter and then last but not least number six is to buy a portable HEPA air purifier or a purifier with a HEPA filter so HEPA is high efficiency particulate air and it's the best that you can get when it comes to a filter and they range in prices and you'll be best um, you know equipped to you know get the air that you deserve and it filters pretty clean so be sure to get that uh, air filter and also uh, have it be a HEPA uh, filter on, in an air purifier and you'll be good to go. fact of the day is that Wells Fargo joins JP Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, and more than a dozen other financial institutions in ruling out funding for oil and gas projects in the Arctic. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the May-June 2020 issue. So we've come to the point in the Green Thoughts program where we're going to talk about the Eagle Company Spotlight, an amazing brand and company I have to share with you. Uh, so it is great uh, to, of course, share these amazing environmental companies that have services and products that I love and enjoy, um, have uh, you know really stuck to for years and years, and I'm always learning new ones, and I can't wait to share this one with you. I've been reviewing a lot of these brands since uh, February 2019, and I love uh, getting to share with you each podcast episode a new one. And so I have 
this one to share and it is called Moroccan Magic. So Moroccan Magic is cruelty free, women owned and it's an organic lip care and it is also vegan skincare that they also have the products there. And they started all the way in uh, 2015 back then. And it has the founder, uh, Christina Miller. She's touting that, and she's touted that uh, Moroccan Magic uh, is the smoothest lip balm. Uh, and in 2017, 300,000 lip balms were sold in retailers all across the, the United States. And in 2020, it uh, began its uh, skincare collection and has won so many awards since then, uh, since the beginning. So uh, there's so much good, a part of Moroccan magic. Uh, it produces beauty products that are, of course, USDA certified organic. Uh, and they're, of course, made in the United States. And they also have organic uh, or uh, recyclable packaging, I should say, uh, in uh, their uh, process and their products are vegan and they follow strict EU product standards, which I think in my opinion are a bit higher uh, when it comes to uh, what they regard as uh, safe and healthy uh, for humans to use. So their products are made with ingredients like or, uh, argan oil, a bamboo stem extract, oat bran extract, rose extract, lavender essential oils, um, geranium flower oil, ribose extract, shea butter, uh, avocado oil, sweet almond oil, rose hip seed oil, olive extract, and also pro-vitamin B5 amongst other types of good ingredients. And they're made without formaldehyde or polyethylene or pegs, methicone, uh, triclosan, mineral oil, uh, polysorbates, uh, uh, plastic microbeads, coal tar, artificial colorants, parabens, sulfates, uh, fragrance, or parfum, as it's also known, um, petroleum, uh, phthalates, or BHT, or BHA. None of those ingredients are in their products. So if you want to see the awards and some of the press around Moroccan Magic, go to their site. MoroccanMagicBeauty.com and then go to the headline press at the top of their website. They have tons of different products and as you heard me talk about before, they have lip care products and also skincare products. So with the lip care, they have so many things to choose from. They have their flavor packs, sort of their scented um, yummy uh, flavors in their uh, packs there and they have them in elderberry and manuka, manuka honey balm, rose, um, pure coconut, peppermint and eucalyptus, lavender, vanilla, coconut almond. They also have the lip balm spring garden variety and they have uh, the flavor scent of um, watermelon and also unscented for those who um, love you know no scents and that's also their original and also in lemon uh, time. And then they have their tinted packs of lip care products in blood orange red and also in perfect pink nude. And they have uh, lip care gift sets and also the different variety packs. And with their skincare products, they have a few different things and they're all based around sleep. As far as I could tell, their sleep body collection. They have the face wash, the face lotion, the sheet masks, and more. 
So I love their um, lip products and I'm, I need to buy more of them. Um, I have the Rose Lip Balm and it's about half gone and I love it. The packaging is cute. I bought it from Giant. It's extremely smooth. The founder is not lying at all. Um, when she talks about how the lip balm, you know, just goes on. It is one of the smoothest lip balms I've ever had, like, in life. And that's one of the first experiences I felt when using it. Um, and I've used it ever since. And it's a pleasant smell, not overpowering, not overbearing. You won't get sick of it. Um, they have tons of variety of um, lip balms on their site. So that's amazing. Um, and they have notable press surrounding other lip balms. They, um, for me, I think get green uh, thumbs up to all around, five out of five green thumbs. And the lips uh, bombs are great by themselves or paired with a lipstick. And they have simple chic packaging, um, which I love. And it's really, really just ties all together. And the pricing on these varies. Um, so you'll they'll run you um, a couple dollars, you know, in store somewhere. But on their site online, they have the three pack varieties where they run from twelve to fifteen dollars U.S. dollars. And then they have their five to ten um, bombs in one set. And also the variety pack, same thing. And those will run you $22 to $35 US dollars. Uh, Moroccan Magic can be found online and in store at Amazon, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, Giant, Kinney Drugs, Newslink, Rallies, Target, Walgreens, Walmart, Wegmans, and Whole Foods Market stores in the US. Moroccan Magic can be found on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Moroccan Magic. They're on Instagram at Moroccan Magic. They're also on LinkedIn at Moroccan Magic and on Pinterest at Moroccan Magic and on YouTube at Moroccan Magic. I recently became a subscriber. So to contact Moroccan Magic, all you have to do is go to their website, which is again, MoroccanMagicBeauty.com, and then go to contact at the bottom of the website to message them. Thank you. Thank you as always for tuning in and listening in to this episode, a different episode about air quality, about bad gas stoves and ways to get better. Uh, you know, air quality indoors. And I really hope that this podcast episode was, again, yet informative, but also something that you can share, especially with someone who uh, you notice has bad or poor air quality, uh, maybe lives in a bad environment, and maybe can't afford um, necessarily a better appliance, you know, some of these tips that they can use um, in the news, is, of course. If you know someone who has a penchant and a passion uh, for um, air and air quality issues, then this is the podcast episode to share with them. And um, I appreciate every share, every um, favorite, you know, and every rating, of course. So I love, you know, getting to see that and having you always come back. Uh, it means the world definitely. So thank you so much for listening. So until next time, uh, please take care of yourselves and also please take care of the planet um, and you all be well and take care. Bye.